This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Jake Asman with you until then, alongside producers Julian Kushnick and Chantel Rankin. 800-919-3776-800-919. ESPN is the number. Jerry Ferrara, a.k.a. Turtle from Entourage. Scott Proctor from Power. A bunch of other movies and TV shows Jerry has been in. He'll be joining us at 4.30. Jerry, of course, diehard Giants fan, diehard New York sports fan, so we'll chop it up with him coming up in less than 30 minutes. Of course, Jets tonight will be in action against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and I am so sick of the Taylor Swift nonsense. The only hope I have as a Jet fan is that I did see a story from the New York Post earlier that Brittany Mahomes was actually invited to dinner last night with Taylor Swift, Blake Lively, and Sophie Turner. So if anyone could maybe curse the Chiefs, it's the combination of Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes out to dinner. That's the only way I'm looking at it as someone who's just trying to find reasons why the Jets could somehow hang around in this game. It's tough. It really is tough to see the Jets winning given the state of affairs at quarterback right now. Zach Wilson is going to have to play at a competent level, and the defense is going to have to play out of their minds. And look, I think the defense will show up. I saw a stat watching these games right now as the 1 o'clock window here is wrapping up. 69% of all games going into this week are within one score in the fourth quarter. So how do the Jets get within one score going into the fourth tonight? I think they need to go out there, and they need to obviously put Mahomes on his ass. they got to sack him. The Jets have had one sack the last two weeks. You know, I, I think the Jets' defense is very good. You can't be a great defense unless you put pressure on the quarterback and you force turnovers. And the last two weeks, the Jets do not have a turnover. They have one total sack, as I just mentioned. And look, I, I thought they were good last week against Mac Jones, but they gave up way too many third downs. You know, New England did miss two field goals. Yes, it's only 13 points, and believe me, I'm not trying to kill the defense because they're the only hope this team has with Zach Wilson starting tonight. But for the Jets to win, they're going to need – this defense to have a superhuman-like performance. It's going to have to be like week one where they forced four turnovers. And, and let's be real, a lot of that was Josh Allen kind of just being reckless with the ball. You're going to have to generate turnovers by putting pressure on the quarterback. You know, a tip ball has to fall into your hands. Michael Carter had a chance at one last week. He couldn't make the play. You know, C.J. Mosley, we can't have the weekly ball goes through your fingertips play tonight. Right? Like these are the type of things the Jets have to do to have a chance. And, and look, Zach Wilson's going to have to find a way to generate at least two touchdowns on offense. Because the defense could play well, and you're still going to need two touchdowns. The Jets have scored 10 points the last two weeks. It's their only chance. You know, I, I think the Jets are going to show up tonight defensively. They're going to show some pride. They're going to be jacked up. Place is going to be loud. I know the Jet fans. And a lot of you are probably driving to the game right now. You're going to be loud. You're not going to this game tonight trying to boo the quarterback. I know for a fact last week with the one drive Zach looked good on it and they ended up with the Nick Baldwin touchdown, the crowd was in was invested, man. They were cheering. They were supporting. No one's going to this game tonight, paying a fortune to be there, paying a ton of money for parking. No one wants to see the Jets get embarrassed. No one's going there to boo. I was in the building opening night on Monday Night Football, and for the first time in my life as a Jet fan, it felt like MetLife was actually a home field advantage that evening. That's what it has to be tonight, but you know what? That night, the Jets' defense gave you a lot of reasons to stay invested in the game, to be loud. And the offense put enough together offensively 
where they were able to win that game, of course, on the Gibson punt return in overtime. But if you're the Jets, like, you have to hope that Zach Wilson is just able to see the field and realize there's guys open, let it rip, man. Because if he's unable to let it rip, you got to put in Boyle. As bad as he might be, at least he's probably willing to throw the ball downfield. Because Zach is playing scared right now. Maybe he's being coach scared, but I'm told from people I trust that, hey, he has clearance to throw, he just wasn't doing it. So did they hammer home this week that he could throw it? They better. It's their only way to win tonight. The Jets defense, once again, could play well, and Kansas City's still going to probably be able to score at least 20 points. So how do the Jets get there? 23 points to win 23-20. If that's how they're going to end up winning this game. The defense has got to show up. Special teams has got to show up. Could we get a short field for this offense to work with? And really, maybe the biggest thing in this game, you know what the Jets need? They need a lead early, even if it's only 3 nothing. Can this defense play in attack mode for once? I mean, the Jets never lead in games. And part of that's on them because against the Cowboys, they let Prescott and the Cowboys go right down the field on the opening drive. They didn't have a good game that day. But tonight, can you somehow play with a lead early in this one? Maybe that confidence is what Zach needs. It's just tough to picture right now, man. I want to be wrong. I do. I will be watching this game, and I will be rooting for Zach Wilson. It's just I've been burnt too many times as a Jet fan watching this. 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN is the number. You can find me on Twitter and tweet me your thoughts as well. At Jake Asman, A-S-M-A-N is where you can find me. Let's get back to your calls right now as we talk all things Jets and the Chiefs. Let's go to Hennessy, who's in the Bronx. Hennessy, what do you got for us? Jake, what's going on, man? It's good to hear you on these uh, New York airways. Appreciate you, Hennessy. What do you got for us? Uh, nothing much, man. You know, I'm just getting ready for this game tonight. You know, getting the Hennessy ready. I'm going to need that before this game starts. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, real quick, I just wanted to say I've been a real big Joe Douglas supporter. I love what he did, you know, turning Jamal Adams into uh, ABT and Garrett Wilson. Then last year, drafting the offensive and defensive rookie of the years. And I'm a real big Joe Douglas supporter. And anybody that talked bad about him, I always supported him. But now I start to feel like the the, the bad is starting to outweigh the good. And I know that that seat is getting a little hot. So my my question to you, Jake, is how long do you you think they give him to um, really turn this thing around? Because, you know, he did did what he had to do with Rodgers, you know, bringing him in. But, you know, I know you were saying it all summer we needed a competent backup. So, I don't know. What's your, what's your thoughts on Joe Douglas? Hennessy, appreciate the call. Look, it, it, it's a tough question, man, because I, like you, like a lot of what Joe Douglas has done, where I could confidently say with competent quarterback play, I think the Jets are 2-1 right now, even without Aaron Rodgers. But the reason why they're not 2-1 is because of Joe Douglas and his insistence on trying to justify Zach Wilson being good. When the Jets themselves have publicly said Zach Wilson needed a reset, they didn't want him to play for two years. So how is it that Rodgers gets hurt and now we're stuck with Zach Wilson with no other alternative? It doesn't make any sense. That's why Simeon, if that was the guy you were going to end up bringing in, should have been signed the second Aaron Rodgers went down. He should have been signed the next day on September 12th. So, look, I I don't think Douglas is going to get fired. I I really don't think Salah is going to get fired. But if this really blows up in their face, you know, the Jets end up being a three-win team, which I don't see happening. 
But if this team wins three or four games, I don't know if Woody Johnson's going to be patient. He might want to fire everybody. So this team's got to win games, man. And and here's the, my thing with Robert Sala. I, I don't know if he's a good or a bad coach. He's got to win games. But I would like to see him be able to have a chance to win games with someone who's not Zach Wilson as his quarterback for the third year in a row. It's just agonizing, man. It's just how are we back to reliving the nightmare from last year? How did they allow this to happen? And that, to me, is more of a Douglas thing than a solid thing. Let's go to Eileen in North Carolina. Eileen, you're up next here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Hey, Jake. It's Leany in NC. How are you? Leany, what's going on? Thanks for making the call. Uh, you're welcome. Oh, I'm enjoying the 1 o'clock games, going crazy. But anyway, just uh, you're doing a great job. You know how much I love you. Um, I really, tonight, the only way I think the Jets are going to win is this is a trap game for the Chiefs. Just like last week, how it was a trap game for the Cowboys against the Cardinals. Unfortunately, that's how I feel. I don't want to feel that way. I'm just afraid that if Zach struggles, Sala is not going to go to boil. Remember last year, Zach was um, not doing well. And look how long it took him to go to uh, Mike White. That's what I'm afraid of. But I'm still going to hope. I'm still going to watch. And I'm still going to cheer my butt off. Lenny, you're the best. I mean, that's that's this fan base in a nutshell. We're going to hope that we are somehow wrong and the game doesn't go how we think it's going to go. Here would be my one thing with what you said there, Laney, about Salah not being willing to make a quarterback change in this game tonight. If you remember against the Jaguars last year, he finally did go to Strebler because he just had no choice because Zach was that bad. He didn't want to go to Strebler. He knew Strebler couldn't throw. And we saw Strebler could not throw when he came in. But his energy alone brought a jolt of energy to the team. He made one of the worst passes I've ever seen to C.J. Uzama. Should have been a walk-in touchdown on a broken coverage by the Jaguars defense. And I was at the game. He got a standing ovation from the crowd because he made a completion. So I think now that Simeon has been signed, he would be willing to pull the plug and go to Boyle. Because here's the thing. When you pull the plug from Zach Wilson, that's it for his time with the Jets. It's over. It's done. It's probably going to happen at some point anyway. Could happen tonight. Maybe it happens next week if Zach somehow plays well enough to survive this game tonight. Like if tonight's game is like the Cowboys game where you can't just blame the quarterback because the O-line was bad, the defense didn't play well, maybe Zach somehow gets another start. But even then, I begin to wonder, are these guys not playing well around Zach Wilson because they have just checked out, they've lost all faith? And you have to make a change for the sake of just providing a spark. But I do think if it's as ugly as it was last week, we could see Boyle tonight. We know we won't see Simeon tonight because he's inactive. But Salah noted he's a quick learner. And Simeon, when he spoke to the Jets beat reporters this week, he noted how he's been in this type of offense before. And Luke Getze, who's the Bears' OC, was with Nathaniel Hackett in Green Bay, and there's some carryover in the play calls and the verbiage. Simeon will know enough plays to start next week if it's as big of a disaster as I think it might be for the Jets in this game tonight. So I say all that to basically say, let it rip, Zach. Because if you're going to go down, at least go down trying to make plays. And by the way, if you try to make plays to number 17 on the Jets, there's a good chance he'll make you look good like he did week one. 
It's time, man. As I check Twitter and see a story from page six, Travis Kelsey spends the night with Taylor Swift, leaves her apartment hours before a Kansas City Chiefs game. God, do I want the Jets to somehow win tonight. I'm so sick of the Taylor Swift nonsense. The last thing we need is this game being known as the Taylor Swift game. What a joke. Show some pride tonight, Zach Wilson. Let it rip, man. And this defense better show up. Can't expect them to be perfect, but you have nothing to lose. No one's picking you. Shock the world tonight if you're the Jets. That's got to be the mentality in that locker room. 800-919-3776. 800-919-ESPN is the number. Jerry Ferrara is going to be joining us at 430. We'll talk all things Giants. Mixing some Knicks with Jerry as well. So looking forward to having him on here on an NFL Sunday. More of your calls coming up next. Jake Asman with you till 6 here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Sam Howe, who barely played last year, is now in his second year. That guy looks competent. And what are the excuses for Zach Wilson, who's now in year three? And has actually been playing worse than he did when he was a rookie. Just pain, man. I, I like As a Jet fan, I can't even really enjoy NFL Sundays the way I want to. Football is by far and away my favorite sport. And the Jets and Zach Wilson, they've sucked a lot of the fun out of it for me. Because I see all these other quarterbacks who aren't even that good just be competent and their teams are competing. Like the Commanders today. And we got to watch Zach Wilson against the best player on the planet and Patrick Mahomes later. It's just it's disgusting, man. It's just disgusting. Uh, no other way around it. There are two games going on right now from the 1 o'clock slate. The Rams and the Colts are in overtime with about six minutes to go. Rams were up big in that one. And the Colts came all the way back to tie it late in the fourth. And obviously, I just mentioned that Commanders-Eagles game. You have Raiders and Chargers underway with Aiden O'Connell making the start for an injured, concussed Jimmy Garoppolo. And then the two other late window games, Patriots at the Cowboys and the Cardinals at the 49ers, a couple minutes away from kickoff in those games. Back to your calls right now. We'll go to Mike in Queens, who's up next on our show. Mike, you're on with Jake Asman. What do you got for us? Hey, what's going on, man? Everything you're saying is exactly how I feel. You're a true. You, you definitely know the pain of all uh, all us Jet fans. Uh, I have two 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 points. One is the thing about with Salah, and uh, this isn't really a Joe Douglas thing, even though I have my my issues with him with the quarterback stuff. If you date back to like let's say the Rex times, right? We really we had a good defense. We started off very slowly all the time, but then we always were a good second half team. We made adjustments. I don't see that at all with this team. It's kind of just like we're going to put out this this plop, whatever you want to call it, slop of food, and listen, if, if it doesn't work, then this is just how we play. It is what it is. There's no adjustments whatsoever. There's no creativity on the offense. It's just run up the gut, maybe a little slant, and that's about it. It's, it's disgusting. You know, you talk about the other quarterbacks. You know, I'm not saying these other people are world beaters, but – you throw them back there, they could throw a touchdown. They could throw a couple completions. We don't – we get – you know, I think last week's box score, you looked at that that uh, that view that was up. I think the whole first half was just punts. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and the second point I have, and I'll let you comment, is the whole um, uh, kind of like tonight. I wouldn't – this is what I said to the screener. I, I would not bet on tonight's game, obviously. But this has the making of one of those – Jets win a game that we just have no business being in. 
you know, I definitely could see the Chiefs overlooking us because they're in, you know, they're kind of on top of the world and they're kind of looking past us. And then, you know, we somehow pull it out and then we get clobbered by the Broncos next next week. <laughs> I just, I don't know why. I just see that happening. Mike, I appreciate the call. I, look, I completely agree with you with the lack of play calling. I completely agree with you. The creativity, the lack thereof. I, I mean, Miko Hardman, once again, was good enough to play 50% of the snaps for the best offense in the sport last year in Kansas City. You mean to tell me he can't get on the field for the Jets? His speed and end around a jet sweep? How about you just line him up and throw a bomb? You know, look, Zach Wilson is terrible, but he has a good arm. Say, hey, Miko, go run a go route. We're just going to try and find you. I mean, if Zach can't do that, then what are we doing? See, but part of my issues with blaming the play caller is, Jet fans, we did this last year with Michael LaFleur. We put it all on him why Zach Wilson stunk. He's now on his second offensive coordinator, and he's getting worse. So I'm not thrilled with the play calling. I'm really not. I don't love what I've seen from Hackett. I, I think the, the fact they don't throw enough on first down is a damning look for an OC. they got to switch it up. Tony Romo was all over this last week uh, during the broadcast on CBS. But how much of that is like there's guys open and Zach is just afraid to throw it? Like, can they coach him to throw it? I don't know. You know, and as far as, you know, the Chiefs looking ahead to their next opponent, here's the problem. Their next opponent's the Vikings. They're not any good. I wish the Chiefs had the Eagles next week because they play later in the year or the Dolphins next week, or the Bills. These are teams they play later in the season. Like, they're not going to overlook the Jets because they have the Vikings next week. That's what's unfortunate. I wish they would overlook the Jets. Maybe the Jets could actually hang around. And I know there's that thought, and believe me, I've had the thought, well, you know, the Jets will win this game because this is the game they win when no one thinks they're going to win. But given the state of affairs with this offense, how are they scoring enough points to win? You know, maybe it's 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 a closer game than it it probably should be because Mahomes makes a couple bad decisions, tip pass, interception. Maybe the Jets special teams gives you something. But how are the Jets scoring enough points where, like, the Chiefs on their bad day will give you at least 17 to 20 points? I don't know if the Jets could score 17 points right now. That's my concern. I wish I wish I felt differently. I really do. It sickens me that after the, the hype and excitement I had as a diehard fan for this football team to be having this conversation on the 1st of October, but that's just how I feel as a Jet fan, and it pains me, man. I hate this. My love of football has been sucked out of me by this franchise, and they did it to themselves. Joe Douglas, you've done a tremendous amount of good, but your insistence on Zach Wilson being a thing, he's not. Subi in Midtown is up next on our program. Subi, you're on with Jake Asman here on 98.7 ESPN. What's going on? Hey, Jake. So regarding Zach Wilson's numbers for today, I'm going 15 for 30. I'll give him one touchdown, one interception, and that's the best-case scenario. And expectations are based on what this guy had proven even in the preseason. He should have gotten full game reps in preseason. And Jets would have been wise to have the wide receivers, starters, to give him those reps uh, because he needs in-game plays. He doesn't need practice. We all know his talent. And regarding, you know, regarding his situation, you know, he is making a lot of money. And uh, that's the sad thing is that Woody made this decision. Joe made this decision. But Woody is the one who picked him. And Woody has no one to answer to. And we're going to find out who wins 
the battle versus Woody and Joe, and if Joe gets fired. That's all I got to say. Subi, thanks for the call. I, I mean, it is a borderline fireable offense what Douglas has done with the quarterback. I don't think he's going to get fired. But, man, the only reason why they didn't add a quarterback after Aaron Rodgers got hurt is because I'm sure Woody Johnson – or not Woody Johnson. Joe Douglas said to Woody Johnson, hey, we think Zach could do it. We think he's better than what he's been. Trust us. I mean, that's the only explanation why they haven't added a quarterback. They continue to misevaluate what Zach Wilson is as a player. As I see video of Aaron Rodgers arriving at MetLife on a golf cart with crutches in his hand. I would take Aaron Rodgers on crutches tonight over any quarterback on the Jets roster. Put him out there. Why not? Elite-level arrival for Rodgers. Wearing sunglasses, a white T-shirt, jeans, white sneakers, and he's got his crutches in hand on a golf cart. I I mean, look, I'm glad Aaron Rodgers is around the team again. But I'm not going to sit here as a Jet fan and be like, well, Rodgers is back. That means Zach Wilson's not the worst quarterback in the league. Been down this road too many times. It sucks, man. There's no other way to put it. But if this is truly the last start for Zach Wilson, like these reports seemingly indicate it is, if he struggles tonight, go down trying to get the ball to your playmakers. Say, hey, if I'm losing my job anyway, I'm trying to make plays and find Garrett Wilson or Alan Lazard on the outside. Or I'm throwing BBs over over the middle to Tyler Conklin. The one drive Zach Wilson looked decent is when he was just flinging it, man. That's what we need tonight. Up-tempo, put him in the two-minute offense to start. Why not? What, the two good drives Zach Wilson had this year? Before halftime against Dallas, I was at that game. They're in two minutes. He's using his legs. He's making plays. And and when they went up-tempo last week where he was like 7 of 10 on the drive and they scored a touchdown on the Nick Baldwin run, that's what they need. It's time, man. It is time for this Jets team to tell Zach Wilson, let it rip or you're going to the bench. Because if he's afraid if he's afraid to let it rip, which is my fear, that he's just not seeing the field, he's timid, he's gun-shy, then you have to put Boyle in because you're going to lose the locker room if you don't. And then Simeon starts next week. That's where we're at with this quarterback situation. We will get right back to your calls in just a little bit. But joining us in the next segment is former Entourage star, actor, now new podcast host, Jerry Ferrara. He's a diehard Giants fan. He sat next to Aaron Rodgers at a Knicks playoff game courtside this past year. We'll talk to Jerry Ferrara about everything going on with New York sports in the next segment. Keep it right here. Jake Asman with you till 6 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. This is the Jake Asman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Joining me right now is one of the biggest Giants fans that I know. He also happens to be one of my favorite actors. Actor Jerry Ferrara joins the show. Jerry, great to catch up. Appreciate you coming on. Jake, thank you for having me. You got me nervous because you're talking about a week four playoff game, and it basically is a week four playoff game. And uh, I I got a little tingly when you said that. uh, Butterflies in the stomach. But it's going to be a big one Monday night for sure. Take me through your emotions as a Giants fan, right? You come into the season with big-time expectations. Week one, you lose to the Cowboys. Week two, you nearly lose to the Cardinals. And then Thursday night last week, I don't think anyone thought the Giants were going to win. They hang around for a little bit, but obviously they lose, and now they're one and two. Is it fair to say that 
tomorrow night is that type of game? It's it's basically a playoff game given the Giants' schedule after that. I think so, and just that's exactly right. I think because it's a home game that you know the Seahawks are a good team, but you want to say, and it's a very close point spread right now. Somehow the Giants are actually on underdogs at home, which is nice. I like that spot, but yeah, because. The schedule is just terrible. The division has proved to be brutally tough, uh, even though the Cavaliers seem to have come back to normal a little bit after everyone went in to crown them NFC East champs at going 2-0. But, yeah, the schedule is going to be bad. This is one you got to get. You don't want to fall 1-3 with that schedule. And also, you know, you get past this Seahawks game. If you sneak out the win, you go 2-2. Two and two, You hope that the health. We don't know if Barkley's going to go for sure. We're all crossing our fingers. Barkley's playing in a little bit. But we just don't know. We want to get Andrew Thomas fully healthy, get the offensive line set. So if we can escape this at two and two and start to get a little bit of health, I think we'll 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 be in it for the rest of the season, knocking on the playoff door. But I much like the spot last year, not really having expectations and surprising everyone. I don't like these expectations of well, the Giants are going to be a six or seven seed, right? I don't I don't like that. Jerry Ferrara. Actor joining us here, host of the Jerry Ferrara Show, which is brand new, and you can get that on all your available podcast platforms, including YouTube. So let me ask you this, Jerry, because you, you talked about the expectations there for the Giants. Going into this year, what were you hoping to see from a Giants team that obviously last year nobody had going to the playoffs, and here they are winning a playoff game and going all the way to the divisional round? So, yeah, you know, I think last year, because there was so much success that no one saw coming, I think now, yeah, the expectations are playoffs. And look, I, I often get asked this, too, with the Knicks a lot. I'm a Knicks fan, and what are my expectations for the Knicks? Usually they were nothing, like play-in, and now they're playoffs. And I just stick to the same thing with the Giants. Get me in the playoffs. I'm not saying NFC East, NFC champion. I Just get me in the playoffs. That's all I want to see. And – I would like, because I've been a, I don't know how I've become the Daniel Jones truther, because uh, I think it's pretty obvious, like the guy's good. He's not a top three quarterback, but he's also not a bottom three quarterback. I would like to see Daniel Jones continue to get better, continue to improve. And I just think it's a tall task with how poorly the offensive line has played this year. So those I want playoffs and, and Daniel Jones improvement to show like he could potentially be a top eight quarterback soon because i think right now he's somewhere between 11 and 16 in my opinion does it frustrate you as a giant fan when anytime daniel jones has a bad throw bad moment in the game it's ah how did we give this guy 40 million dollars a year and to me that's so lazy because i always go back to the fact of what were the giants supposed to do at that position if they didn't bring back daniel jones this offseason you know, the people who want to tweet out his contract, I think you're right. That is lazy. Look, would I like for him to have completed the pass to Waller? Uh, people somehow tried to pin that pass in the Niner game on Waller. Yeah, he could have made the catch. It would have been a fantastic catch. And Daniel Jones was kind of backfooting it because he was under pressure. But still, that is a throw on third down you got to make. So, yes, I am frustrated. But Eli did that to us a bunch of times, you know. Guys miss throws. Uh the contract doesn't bother me at all. Like you said, Jake, what, what were the other options? You know, we go Tyrod Taylor's the guy. We could try to bring Carr in here. The Saints did. Could have talked to Jimmy G. I, I don't see what that would have brought. Wouldn't have brought Super Bowl hopes. And he's the 13th highest paid quarterback in the league. 13th. It, that's the way the position gets paid. It just is what it is. I, I can't, you don't have to like it. You could go pay 20 million a year for a quarterback. Good luck. Good Jerry Farrar joining us here on 98.7 ESPN New York. Jake Asby with you until 6 o'clock. The Jets pregame starts 
Jets and the Chiefs tonight on Sunday Night Football. And I'm going to go there next, Jerry, because as a Jet fan, I've been beaten down already. I mean, here we are about to be made fun of by the entire country when Travis Kelsey scores a touchdown and they show Taylor Swift more than the Jets have points in this game later tonight. Like, that's how I feel right now as a Jet fan when, you know, what was it? 18, 19 days ago, here I was feeling as good as you could feel with Aaron Rodgers as his team's quarterback, and here we are now with Zach Wilson against Patrick Mahomes tonight. I, I feel for you. I, I grew up a Giants fan in Brooklyn, but I grew up with a lot of Jets fans, and I'm prone to pick on the Jets fans a little bit because I got picked on, too, as a Giants fan. You know, It's a weird thing in New York being to having two teams that aren't really rivals. They're not in you know, different conferences, all that stuff. They hardly ever play each other, but I didn't grow up rooting for the Jets. This is really the first year my heart goes out to Jet fans. And I would just say in the future, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Even though I, Aaron Rodgers, all that, you know, walking the flag out, that was an amazing moment. But still in the back of my mind, got to be like, all right, let's just, let's just get out there and win a game. This is all great. I, I, I feel bad because now – it must be a, a waking nightmare because now you got the Taylor Swift thing rolling through town. <laughs> That's like the last thing I think the Jet fans and the organization needs. It's just the last thing on earth to have it time out with this run of their dating life. It's just, it's absurdly bad. I feel terrible. Who knows? Maybe you could upset the, the Taylor Swift fans somehow and, and be competitive and steal a game. I doubt it, but who knows? The last time we spoke, I was a guest uh, on your show, and you know, we were talking about Atraj. Of course, you starred on that show playing the character Turtle, and you made a comment that Aaron Rodgers has some Vincent Chase-like qualities. You sat next to Aaron Rodgers at a Knicks playoff game sitting courtside this past year. What do you remember about your conversations with him? Because it just felt like he was so in on playing in New York, being a Jet, changing the narrative with this Jets franchise, and for it to be kind of just ripped away from this fan base, but more importantly him after just four plays, it's just devastating if you're a Jet fan. And really, if you're just, you're just a football fan. Yeah, you know, I've met him a few times over the years, but, you know, I was sitting next to someone for two and a half hours at a Knicks playoff game. Uh First and foremost, the things that we we talked hardcore basketball, like the guy talk loves hoops can talk hoops with anybody. And I even thought of him, too, at this big trade with the Bucks. you know, hey, what's he going to think now? You know, they got Dame Lillard. I know he has the Bucks ties and all that. Uh, but what the way I just looked at it was this just looked like a guy who was really excited to be in New York. And it's a tricky thing, Jay, because, you know, you've been rooting for these teams your whole life. New York is not the easiest place in the world to play. I that's why I, Robert Salas earned my respect because I think last year, ninety nine percent of coaches in that spot, they're walking dead. Their days are numbered. It's over. And he got that team to respond last year. So I just from that little interaction, even Sauce Gardner was there. It just looked like these guys are going to have a great time. It got me excited. It looked like fun. And I think anytime you could get each other playing for each other and it looks like fun, that's when good stuff happens. I think that's some of the magic those Giants teams had in 07 and 2011. So it just looked like fun. He looked like he was very excited to be in New York. And he'll still be in New York, but that guy wants to play. Do you buy into this idea that, hey, he, he's going to do everything possible to somehow be back in January? I mean, he's off the he's off the crutches. A lot of reports are he's going to be at this game tonight. Do you buy any any notion into this notion that somehow Aaron Rodgers could be back out there if I don't know how the Jets do this, they somehow sneak into the playoffs in January? If you had asked me this three years ago, I would have said, Jake, that's ridiculous. Come on. 
Guy just blew out his Achilles. He's not coming back in January. And other Jets are even going to be there in January. But also, if you would have told me, hey, Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey, and now they're going to be rolling through <laughs> MetLife, uh, you know, I, I would have, and it's going to be like a big, important, nationally covered game. I would have never believed that either. So I will say anything's possible. I, I would be shocked. That would be one of the most historic comebacks from injury ever. I don't even know if is it medically, biologically, scientifically possible. I know Dr. Neil Elitrosh. I've met the man. The guy's brilliant. Anything could happen, but I, I would be absolutely stunned. Actor Jerry Ferrara with us here on the Jake Aspen Show, 98.7 ESPN. New York play Turtle on Entourage. If you're a fan of the show, Power play Joe Proctor on that show. He's been in a bunch of TV shows and movies over the years, and he's kind up with his time here on the show. All right, Jerry, I got to ask you about the Knicks. The Knicks report to training camp, I believe, tomorrow. So Knicks fans were fired up. Expectations are as high as they've been in a very long time. How do we feel about our New York Knicks? You know, similarly to what I was saying about about the Jets, um, cautiously optimistic. Uh, I, I like the spot we're in. I like the spot. I like that we have not got into all these trade races and thrown all our equity and chips that we have into a pot. You know, I know they're going to be, you know, they say calling about Drew Holiday. Everyone should be calling about Drew Holiday. If he's not going to be staying, everyone should be kicking the tires and seeing what's up. He's a championship player. Uh, I'm very optimistic, but cautious because same thing, like I said, get me in the playoffs. Look, I don't want to start talking about two seed, three seed. But I don't care if it's the six seed. I don't care if we have to go in through the play playing game and get in that way. Get in the playoffs. That's all I want. I had the most fun ever in my life being at that game two second round playoff game versus the Heat. And as you know, and I'm a 90s kid, I'm older than you. So when the Knicks are in the playoffs, the town's electric. And it's like that for the Yankees and the Giants and the Jets, too. Sure, absolutely. For me, the vibes in New York are different when the Knicks are in the playoffs. Get me in the playoffs, and I think we have a really good shot. Does it feel like this Knicks team could be better than last year just simply due to the fact, hey, they're a young team that now has another year to play together. Young guys get better. I mean, I look at this team and say, hey, they didn't do a ton this offseason, but I think part of it is keep this young core in place so they can continue to kind of grow together. Yeah, that that's that's why I, you know, look, I, of course I was disappointed when the Donovan Mitchell trade didn't happen. Uh, I'm still baffled a little bit by the OB Toppin trade. I I, I just don't under because now we need a backup power forward. It's just so bizarre that this is how it ended up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think that this team another year together will be good. I think it will still be difficult because I think now, look, there's a lot of tape now out there on Brunson as the lead guard. And if they stay healthy and if DiVincenzo could factor in with the young core taking another step of Grimes and quickly continue to evolve. And now we're hearing reports. Mitchell, Mitchell Robinson's hitting free throws. Now look out is what I would say. I would say, look out. Mitchell Robinson hitting free throws. How we about hear that, that every year though? We hear that every year. We hear that every year. Jerry Ferrara is with us here. Of course, he played Turtle on the show Entourage, which is arguably, not even arguably, that is my favorite TV show of all time. So I got to ask you this, because this is the first time I've, I've had the opportunity to ask you this. Entourage was known for a tremendous amount of cameos, but on the show, there were a lot of athlete-specific cameos. So who, out of all the athletes that appeared on the hit show, was the actual best actor that you got a chance to see up close? That You know, it's there's, there is so many. So, look, obviously, I'm not going to give the obvious one because, look, Brady, Tom Brady came on, and he had probably the biggest role for any of the athletes. He had the most lines, the most scenes. And he was wonderful. But let's just remove him for a second because he gets a lot of love. 
Uh, do you know who I thought was sneaky good? Steve Nash played a scene with uh, the E character where they're waiting in like this office and uh, he was sneaky good. And also the my favorite cameo is Michael Phelps, who just had come back from the Olympics, 97 gold medals. He wasn't slated to be on the show. He was doing an interview after just coming back to America. And we saw that he was there like, hey, you want to do a quick cameo? And that scene, he just basically is walking in a New York street. He bumps into the E character. He's like, yo, bro, watch where you're going. It just keeps walking. No one even knew it was him at first. That's how quick and seamless it happened. So I, I love the Steve Nash and the Michael Phelps uh, cameo. I'd say runner-up Phil Mickelson was, was, was pretty damn good, too. Phil was great. And I guess my favorite cameo in the history of the show also involves an athlete because he was in the scene. The scene where Matt Damon and Vince are going at it at the uh, you know the the private airport on you know on, on the runway, LeBron James is obviously there. I mean that to me is my favorite cameo. But LeBron's in the scene, so I guess that technically counts. Yeah, no, that was an awesome one. I, I was not in that scene, but those are one of those days where you're like, okay, even though I'm not working, it's an off day for me. I'm gonna go to work today and hang out. And we all got to go have dinner afterwards. And Matt Damon, LeBron were super cool to be there. That's probably like just all time coolest cameos ever. Is there an episode, or you could say a couple because I know it's tough. Is there one that stands out, like when you go back and you watch the show or people come up to you on the street, is there one specific episode people bring up the most? Uh, You know, the one, it's different. The Brady one comes up a lot, but again, separating that, uh, people love when we went to New York and they actually got to see us like in Queens doing that. People love the Vegas episode where we fight Seth Green and his crew. <laughs> that comes up a lot. Uh so some people love like the furry episode. It's it's all over the map. Me personally, I I love the episode where we went to the Sundance Film Festival because that was the first time as a show we left LA and the comforts of Los Angeles and took the show on the road. And we shot at the real Sundance Film Festival. We did the same thing when we went to France. We shot at the, the Cannes Film Festival. And uh that's something unique to show what we did. You know, we shot courtside at the Laker game while the game was going on. We really did pull these real moments into the show. Jerry Ferraro with us here. All right, finally, Jerry, I got to ask you this. Entourage reboot. I've heard Jeremy Piven be asked about this. I've heard the show's creator, Doug Allen, be asked about this. He says he's down if HBO is in. Is there any chance we could get an Entourage reboot? It seems like all these hit shows are being rebooted. Why not an Entourage reboot? I th look, I will say, similarly to what I said about, I'm going to bring it full circle here, similarly to what I said to Aaron Rodgers coming back in January, anything is possible <laughs> these days. Um, I think if it does come back, and look, three times a year, there's always immense heat that the show is going to come back or another movie. I, I would just be of the opinion that we maybe have to borrow from like the Cobra Kai format where you get like a new younger cast in there. And then we are like the resident old heads. We're in the show, but we're providing like the wise guidance. And I don't know, maybe you're following a, a football player or a golfer or a musician, something like that. Because, uh, you know, we're, we're pushing some age now there, Jake. We're pushing it. Vinny Chase, I mean, he needs his, he needs his boys back on the screen. Come on now. <laughs> right. And, you know, obviously my character finished up being filthy rich. We know Turtle lost all his money in some <laughs> kind of NFT or something. Turtle went broke for sure since we last saw him. He's Jerry Ferrara, Hollywood actor, host of the Jerry Ferrara Show, which you can get on all your podcast platforms, including YouTube. Diehard Giants fan, diehard New York sports fan. All right, Jerry, Giants win tomorrow night, yes or no, and give us a score. 
I think the Giants win. You know, I don't think they're they're putting up 30 on it. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go 24-21 field goal game. Giants win at home. Danny Dimes leads them into field goal range. And again, we can't we don't know yet with Saquon, but uh yes, I think uh Giants by field goal. And the Giants season will be back on. He is Jerry Ferrara, Turtle from Entourage, starred on the show Power. He's been in a ton of movies, ton of TV shows, kind enough with his time here on the Gene Gasman Show on 98.7 ESPN. Jerry, I wish you all the best. Thanks so much for a few minutes today, and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, and good luck for the rest of the Jets season. Oh, all the pain, my friend. All the pain. He's Jerry. I'm Jake. We'll take a quick break right here on 98.7 ESPN New York. will join us at 515. It's Bob's birthday, so we will wish him a happy birthday as he gets set to call Jets versus the Chiefs tonight with Marty Lyons right here on the station. Pre-game coverage with Dan Grassa and Greg Buttle. Starts at 6 o'clock. Let's squeeze in a call here, and then we'll get back to your calls on the Jets and the Giants throughout the next hour. Let's go to Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, you're up first this segment. What do you got for us? Hey, good afternoon, Jake. Uh, um, shout out to the company. Definitely wanted to chime in and talk about the New York Jets and the hilarity that I find their situation that they're in with the quarterback situation because – we thought we were done with this. It was kind of like um, what what some people call a bad divorce, and then somehow Zach Wilson was still living inside the house and you still had to deal with him. And it's a very sad situation because I, I, I refer to as watching a bad sequel. We, we, we saw the first one. We saw the first year it was bad. Then the second year was worse, and then – the third year, the third year has just become a epic meltdown where we we thought we got a better cast of quarterback, but then that quarterback was pretty much shafted in scene one, act one, and you know we haven't recovered since. So my concern is is if this is a Woody Johnson mistake, then essentially we all know how this w- works out. The owner never blames himself. Uh, eventually, everyone else is going to be scrapped and we then go on through the same cycle again. And I do agree with you. I do think that they do need to, with the fact that this is a quarterback draft, they do need to look at some type of replacement for the future. But I don't think that it's going to happen. And we all know how this New York media is. They're already saying that we can't draft, we can't possibly draft the quarterback this year. We need to double down on Aaron Rodgers, get him an offensive lineman and, go through all that go through all of that you know media cycle so i just wanted to know what were your thoughts do you think they should be in the market for a caleb williams or a michael penix jr or any of these guys that are coming out if they have one of those top picks yeah jose appreciate the call forget caleb williams as bad as the jets might appear to be right now they're not worse than the panthers or the bears and I say the Panthers, but the Bears have their pick. Right now the Bears have the first and second overall pick in the draft. The Jets are not going to be bad enough to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. But if they're picking in the top 10, even in the top 20, and there's a quarterback they like, then yeah, look, as much as I'm all in on Rodgers coming back next year, I don't care if he doesn't want you to take a quarterback. You have no choice to take a quarterback. He's coming off Achilles surgery. And let him sit. Behind Aaron Rodgers. The last time the Jets did that, Chad Pennington sat behind Vinny Testaverde. Chad Pennington's the last time the Jets actually got it right with a quarterback in the first round. So I think taking a quarterback is definitely on the table for this team. We'll talk more about that and much more next hour. Jake Asman with you here until 6 o'clock on 98.7 ESPN New York.